Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Listening to Nobody Cares Except for Me. I am your host, Auntie Donahue, um, which of course you know because you can read, and also that's just how podcast works. I don't know if, if you thought it was me a guest host. It never will be because I need all the attention. Speaking of attention, this person, this guest, doesn't crave it the way that I do, I don't think, but um, I'm going to give him a chance to really shine because I only ever get to talk to him on his podcast. This is podcaster, musician, um, Raptors aficionado. <laughs> True. Um, what else? What else is your job? Oh, Mike I, Veerman. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, like my job? You want to like my day yeah, job? Yeah. Like, who are you? I I I'm a writer, a director, producer. I do like commercials in my day job. I, that is, I literally did not know about you until this moment. Well, off Mike when we were talking before, we were talking about Mad Men, so it's kind of <gasps> in that ad agency world. For the record, we're always talking about <laughs> right. <laughs> this is um, it. Yeah, and then obviously I do the podcast on the side with uh, my friend Max, my friend Shane. And Never you know, heard of them. No. No, don't know who they are. What are we talking about today? Well, we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation. This is exciting because I'm not a massive sci-fi fan on my own, but I grew up watching TNG. Mm. Right. Okay, so this isn't about me, though. I mean, I'll make it about me <laughs> because that's how this works. But you are Little Mike. It is 1987. Mm-hmm. The premiere of TNG has officially begun. Yeah. Do you care yet or do you care when you're older? Uh, I don't care then. I'm too young to really sort of understand what uh, the episode is called Encounter at Farpoint. Um, <laughs> it is definitely called that. And then the series finale is something similar. Or well, All good things. There you go. <laughs> nice. Did you research before I came no, on? No, I just remember everything from my youth. I'm impressed. Uh, no, basically the way that I came to Star Trek TNG was... Uh, I had this uncle, my uncle Bob, and uh, he's my mom's older brother, and he's a big sci-fi guy. Mm-hmm. And my brother and I would go and stay at his place on weekends because he they had two kids that were our ages. So we would be like, amazing, we'll go stay there on weekends, two cousins, anything that you would play with four, like Ninja Turtles or Ghostbusters, it was great. What I didn't totally realize, though, was that like my parents had us pretty young. So we were like, this is great, we're going to go hang out at Uncle Bob's with our cousins. But really, our parents were just like shipping us off so they could party every weekend. Get, go parents. Right? I mean, your dad is a babe. It, <laughs> he, I swear he will listen to this and he will absolutely appreciate that. You are a babe, uh, Mr. Veerman. Roy boy. There yeah. you go. There's your moment in the sun. But we, uh, but it was a win-win. They right. got to party. We'd go. And my Uncle Bob, every Friday, would watch Star Trek The Next Generation. He would come on. But he also had this crazy shelf with, like, all of the original Star Trek series. Like, he bought them on VHS. Oh, shit. Like, collector's edition. I don't even know how you would have done that back then. I mean, I like remember... Like, a call-in number? Yeah, Columbia House, maybe? Ah, okay. Or, like, at, like, specialty store Because they had video stores. Right. Like, real ones. order it. It was, like, all you three would. seasons. Like, those nice plastic VHS-like oh holders. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. you got into Star Trek originally as, like, the original. No, I just okay. saw them. And then we would watch TNG. And I just really was drawn to it, like, as a kid. And... I guess my uncle kind of recognized that I was sort of slowly becoming a trekker. And I had a lot of questions. And I remember there was an episode called Ship in a Bottle. Yeah. 
Remember that I've one? I've seen them all. Yeah, with Several Moriarty, times. who's this Love holodeck it. character. Yeah, slash great Sherlock character. Oh, my God, yes. And and, he, and the reason he becomes he becomes sentient, uh, we don't have to go super deep into it. We could. <laughs> well, the whole idea is basically Jordy screws up by saying, can you make a, uh, basically Data plays Sherlock Holmes in the holodeck. Yes. And he's winning everything. Like, he's solving every crime immediately. Because he's fucking Data. He's Data. Also, it's Data, but Okay. <laughs> I'm cool with Data. I mean, its name is Data in the show, but every time they say it, I'm like, it's Data. You prefer Even the word Data. Even as like a six-year-old, I was like, oh, come on. Data. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Jordy screws up by saying, can you make a villain worthy of beating Data? He meant to say Holmes. Oh, I forgot about that. So Moriarty, the, the computer gives him a sentience where he can beat Data. Anyway, long story long, he ends up like kind of taking over the ship from the holodeck and Picard has to come in. And yes. the thing about the holodeck it, you can't leave the holodeck. No. The matter within the holodeck can't walk through the halls of the Enterprise. But they create that world for him. They do. And what happened was Moriarty steps out of the holodeck and everybody's shocked. But like little Mike, as we mentioned before, I go, wait a second. I don't think in my brain, I go, I don't think he actually stepped into the hall of the Enterprise. I think he created an Enterprise within the holodeck and he's just tricked Picard and Riker. Because they're like, oh my God, how did Moriarty pull this off? I don't say anything. Gets to the end of the episode. Of course, that's what Moriarty did. I say to my Uncle Bob, my Aunt Don, and my cousins and my brother, I go, oh, I knew that. I had it figured out. My Aunt Don goes, well, you have to say it if you had it figured out. Why don't you suck it, Aunt Don? That's what I thought. So now I have this complex where if I figured something out cleverly, it's so hard for me to hold back and not try to be the cleverest guy in the room. You say it. I don't. You should. Nobody likes a good guesser. I do. (laughs) I respect those people. I went to Penn and Teller with a friend of mine on his bachelor trip in Vegas, and I'd figured out the way they did the trick, like, a full three minutes before the reveal. Good. And I leaned in, and I was like, and then once it happened, the look on his face, I robbed him of the joy. Oh, too bad. Grow up. You know what's hard? Life. It is. So, it's fuck difficult. it. Sorry if that's the thing. It's See, like, but that's why we need the little joys. I have plenty. It's called <laughs> having this podcast. <laughs> it's called having this podcast and wearing a scarf in my hair. And those are my two joys. And I got two a week. Hey. I got them today, both. Um, okay, so you clearly fell in love right away. I did. And then did you watch it? on? Because I remember as a kid, it was on, like, wait, I was, I'm 85 when you were yeah, born. 81. Are you really? I am, yeah. Oh, that also explains it. You're just old in your soul. This is great. Okay. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Did, did you think I was secretly like I thought you were younger than me. Wow. Mm-hmm. There you have it. Yeah. So Go on. No, anyways, well, that, now the yeah. podcast will be about that. Guessing, <laughs> <laughs> guessing ages. <laughs> Terrific. Okay. So you are 81, premieres in eight. So you're like six years old. Yeah. Did you, when it aired here, I always feel like it was always on, even though new episodes were also always on. Like That's it right. was a very fluid schedule. It was weird. Yeah. It was like, cause it was sold into syndication. It didn't have like a network or anything like no, that. No. And they definitely thought it was going to fail right away. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it was like on a lot. And then honestly, like once I got to like high school, it was on every day at like four o'clock. So like I had already had this love from, from being a kid and hanging out with uncle Bob. And then like, as I got a little older, and I've always liked science fiction a lot just because I, I love the way that like it sort of is a reflection of our society and you can like you can really sort of get across big ideas in these small stories. And the reason I love Star Trek Next Generation, even though like my uncle, people tried to get me into the original series and it's good. There's mm-hmm. some good episodes, but like Kirk is kind of this like swashbuckling kind of like, you know, he's a bit of like a like a rock star and like kind of like I'm going to come in there and get shit done. I loved Picard's sort of like measured diplomacy and his integrity. And I was drawn to the idea of Star Trek Next Generation because more so than like Star Wars, a lot of my friends like Star Wars, because conflict resolution in Star Wars is like 
we're gonna have to fight. Like, let's blow some shit up. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, Star Trek, especially the Next Generation, it's about diplomacy. It's like how do we find like nonviolent like conflict resolution? And Picard's like a diplomat. And it's very post Cold War. It's actually very yeah. like, Cold War and then post Cold War, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because like you and I have talked about that piece I wrote. About Which how, is great, yeah. Thank, well, I know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> about how, like, Star Trek VI was literally the end of the, it was like the Berlin Wall coming down in space, and that was made in 1991. So you see, like, a real span of history being reflected in Star Trek TNG because in 1987, still very much Cold War, like the end of it, USSR is still there, Wall comes down, and then is much more liberal towards the end. Also, it's a little more risque. Mm-hmm. I found there's a little more like heart involved. Like, remember when Picard gets like trapped in that place with the lady who plays the piano? Yeah. Yeah, like weird stuff like that. Happens. Well, this is the this like is weird st- love. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Love is so weird. What's that weird shit that everyone does? The thing that's sort of great about it is it's like you can have these sort of like big ideas and like sort of like uh, metaphors for like politics and political things in Star Trek. But what I think the next generation does super well is they really explore sort of like what it means to be alive, what it means to be human, like what matters. And I think that, you know, like there's a great episode, you mentioned Q before we were we were talking My on soulmate. air. Yeah, and there's a great episode called Tapestry where, so Picard has a fake heart because he got stabbed when he was a young man at the academy and he was a bit of a swashbuckler. when they do the back, they do the little back clip of that. So what happens is he, he dies on an away mission and then Q comes to him and he's like, you know, you would have died if you had your original heart. And he's like, you really regret that when you were a young man, you got in a bar fight in the heart. And Picard's like, yeah. And he's like, I would change it if I could be younger. And so Q's like, and he sends him back. Very It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. And Picard changes everything. And then he gets to the Enterprise. It flashes forward. But he's not the captain. Because he wasn't willing to take chances and he wasn't a bit of a shit disturber as a youngster. He didn't have the boldness to be a captain. So he was kind of like a really low level. uh, Plebe. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> and then it was kind of like just this great idea of like one because I'm obsessed with like roads not taken. Like my wife Ooh. is always talking about like like think about al- alternative paths. Like if I yeah. decide to do this, what does my life look like here? Your and, sliding doors. Exactly. Love a good uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, I mean, reference. I thought that haircut would change my life. <laughs> Guess what? I can't have hair shorter than my chin without going horribly awry. Just a fun fact about me. What's the longest it's ever been? The longest, like long. And parted in the middle. like You know, the listeners couldn't see where you were indicating long. on Just your... Just imagine. Yeah, it was down to my feet. It was very exciting. <laughs> it I would say I had bangs as well. I just walked around and I was a big pile of hair. It was really nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think Star Trek's always toggle the line between sort of like big ideas and then small ideas and personal ideas and sort of... Yeah, I, where I feel like if you compare it to Star Trek, to the first Star Trek, yeah. there are... I feel like there's more in-depth character traits in, like, Spock and Kirk than there is in, like, Riker and, like, Troy. You know what Mm. I'm saying? Like, where, like, Spock's conflict of self, I mean, it ends up being, like, paralleled via Worf. Um, No, more so, I mean, a little bit because Worf had human parents. But to me, Spock was was Data. Oh. Because Spock was really sort of like a mechanism so that we could, like, what is humanity? What does it mean to be human? Mm Because Spock is half human. Mm -hmm. And Vulcans are obviously very logical and, like, devoid of emotion, or at least they try to be. So because he's half human, he's struggles with that part of himself he doesn't quite like it so really spock is a mechanism whereby which we can look at our like who are we and that's what data ends up being because data is constantly his quest is to sort of figure out what humanity is about and to be human himself yeah which is also i always used to get very disturbed at the presence of lore sure i fucking hate it i actually wasn't allowed to watch those episodes the lore episodes they were too violent the evil brother because he is like brent spiner is terrifying in real life if you're an interview i'm like what is this accent like, <laughs> where are you from he's listening he's like i tried my best I'm like well it's too bad you have a weird accent brent spiner sorry about that um but i remember like his brother would like there's 
there was that, and then there was an episode where Data gets like collected by that like collector man. Oh yeah. And then like the collector man threatens to like dissolve his uniform, and I remember being like little, being like, "What the fuck?" And my mom being like, "Don't watch this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> being really afraid of like robot nudity or something like that. <laughs> Data yeah. and Laura are kind of Cain and Abel. They're super Cain and Abel. Their father, uh, Nudian Soon, is sort of Laura ends up. I mean, I don't want to ruin it for anybody that's going to binge if, it. But... Sorry that you've missed it in 1994 when the series <laughs> yeah, ended. Uh, no spoilers. <laughs> Jesus Christ! If you haven't watched it, get it together. And if not, I mean, I don't know. This is not therapy. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> I would say about um, Cain and Abel, lore. You were saying something. I was just I jumping on. You, I, I'm more fascinated that you weren't allowed to watch the lore episodes, that your parents were that in tune. They're just like, oh, it's a lore episode. Uh, Keep lore it episode. moving. I think there were like a couple of episodes I wasn't allowed to watch. Anyone that was overtly sexual, I mm. wasn't allowed. Well, I mean, I think at that point I was like seven. So I think sure. that's reasonable. Um, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. I pretend my Barbies were. Troy and like Riker, sure. not really understanding any of the ins yeah. and outs. Um, and then not a ton of sex on the Enterprise, never. No. And if there was, it was always like a throwaway episode. Data once had sex with Tasha Yar. That was awful. That was very weird. I hate that I have to know that that happened. That, those first three seasons are a little rough. Okay, the uniforms Uneven. are bad. The yeah. hair is worse. Yeah. Everybody acts horribly. Um, and I hated the low cut men's uniform. Like crew neck? Are you kidding? Honestly, get a collar. Once I got the collars, much better. Legit. Polanski I also could do without. Oh my god, I know. Like, Nice perm. <laughs> See, they have perms in space. Isn't that fun? Exciting for you. Yeah. The Cardassian episode yeah. where they torture the shit out of, I yeah. think it's Picard. Ah, full nights. I wasn't allowed to see that. I wasn't allowed to watch that one. I still haven't watched it. Yeah. I think because too much time has passed. But I, I think it's interesting how where Star Trek TNG went so deep with stories, it took a very long time for them to develop actual like characters that were more than just like the strong one, the ladies' man. Sure, sure. But I might be wrong. Maybe like you saw it as a young person and thought that they were doing an excellent job, or maybe you related to the way Riker sat down. <laughs> like leg over a chair. Yeah. Here's the thing it's like I can't really frame in my mind. I was so young when I came to it. And mm-hmm. now I have my only, like, I know it, I guess, so inherently, but as an adult. Mm-hmm. So it's like now I could totally explain uh, Worf as a character, as a fully developed character to mm-hmm. me, or Data, or Geordi even. Um, and Troy, like I know who they are as characters, but I don't know if that's a function of like living through seven seasons with them and the writers figuring it out. Those first three seasons, though, like you said, they were more like plot based, like, oh, this is the issue that we need to solve or whatever. And then they started to get into who these characters were. Totally. And more on that in a second. When we come back from this commercial break. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Piggyback on what you were saying before we, um, I interrupted us for business purposes. Hey, and professional. Get paid. Listen, hey, I love cash. I won't lie to you. There's no money in the <laughs> TNG work, by the way. There's no money in that world, by the way. No. Mm-mm. They've solved it. They have solved it. I think food, all, money, food, replicators. It's a utopian future. Is it? It's kind of my hell. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, the big question, I mean, this has been the, the, the subject of some debates. Like, one, like, is it a utopian future? What is your motivation then? You know, some people can't get their minor. It's obviously, like, I mean, they would say it's the betterment of yourself and oh, exploration. Absolutely and- not. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. 
Where is the guts, glory, and ram, my friend? Fair enough. Or any sort of other thing. I know that made me sound really selfish, but I think by at this point, it's like people have clued into that, so it's okay. Um, I do think that the episodes that were kind of like capsule episodes in the later seasons always confused me, even as a kid, because I felt that at this point there was more of an overarching plot and that would take away. Like there's that one called Data's Day. And I remember why it's called that because I remember watching it with my family (laughs) and I was probably about seven. And I like looked up at my parents because it was just like me and them. And I was like, what is this called? Like Data's Day? And then it was. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so your cynical, weird daughter is really <laughs> cluing in. Which was strange because then you started to learn about who's that guy? Cole Meany plays him. Oh, O'Brien. Uh, yeah, O'Brien. Who just, his life sucks. Yeah, well, hey, he got, a, he got on Deep Keiko Space Nine. Keiko was cooler so. than him. She Keiko was cool. had no one to choose from on that boat, on that ship, though. That's right. Let's be honest. Guinan, we got to learn about like the baby Guinan. Remember when they all turned into kids? I do, yeah. I feel like they started to use, and maybe I'm making this, again, me protecting, but <laughs> did you find that they started to use these like almost bottle episodes as a means of making up for character, character development in the beginning? Yeah, maybe. Of course. Yeah, I think like whenever it would be like, oh, this is going to be a data episode. This is going to be a Geordie episode. It's like this is how we're going to learn who they are, what their motivation is, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff. You know, like there was a pretty – there's an episode where Geordie's mom like went missing and he got into sort of his relationship with his mom and then he, he needed to find her in this sort of like – but it was like a spirit emulating her or like an alien entity. Anyway, they would get into people's motivations and it, it gave you a deeper understanding of them. I think. And then you ended up getting into later season episodes where you were like, what the fuck? Like when um, Troy was a cake and yeah, then yeah, yeah. and then when Crusher's relatives were possessed by the sex ghost. I remember the sex ghost. I wasn't allowed to watch the sex ghost episode. That was risque. She was getting off in a chair. She was having sex with a ghost. It's literally like a joke in the show extras. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally that. There's a couple that, that are like goofy for sure. Maybe more than a couple. And that is one of them. What did you think about Deanna and Worf? Yeah. Up? Very weird. Weird. Right? It felt like a throw-in kind of at the end. It's like we got to mix it up a bit. But it was kind of like, eh, I don't totally buy it. Is there any – I mean, I think sometimes with the shows that we – because you love Star Trek TNG. Yeah, I do. You love it. Okay. Do, yeah. um, and, and the whole universe. Like, I've watched them all, but TNG is the one that has my heart. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone's going home to write fanfic about Deep Space Nine. If they are – Oh, they are. I've read it. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Oh, they are. I read it. <laughs> but you it. can find it. People lo- Some people consider DS9 the best of them all. It's the darkest, and it's the most serialized. So, like, if you're looking for, like, character development plot, like, it, through arc of, like, um, so we started a season, then by the end you get, like, resolution. Mm-hmm. That's the most like that. Whereas, like you, like you said, you'd have bottle episodes of TNG or, like, Monster of the Week or Mission of the Week. Okay, so when you... Like, obviously, it struck something in you as a kid. Yeah. Both, like, the need to figure shit out, I'm assuming. Did you ever find it as, like, an escapism tool? Hmm. Yeah, it was aspirational, I think, in some ways. You know, it's funny you talk about, like, growing up. Like, I I actually, I've thought about this a lot. My brother and I talk about this, and it's like... I, I don't know how active your parents were. Like, it, it's it's interesting that your parents, like, you can watch this, you can't watch this. And my wife talks about this. Like, she wasn't allowed to watch, like, Married with Children. You oh, know yeah, what no, I mean? Me or neither. certain shows. Like, our parents had literally no rules. Like, if they weren't dumping us off at Uncle Bob and Aunt Don's, it was like, we just, like, we, never, we didn't have to bring home a report card or anything. So, in really? a lot of ways, we were sort of, like, self-governed. I mean, maybe that's a little unfair, but I would be accurate. So my thought about that is, like, where do kids that maybe don't have, like, a parent telling them what's right or wrong, where do they learn their morality? So it's like, is it because we grew up watching The Wonder Years and it's like they're teaching us about empathy and embarrassment and all those things. So it's like, well, I don't want to bully someone or embarrass somebody because I saw what it's like for Kevin Arnold to feel that way. So then does that inform who I am and, like, the sort of things I take with me? And I wonder if Star Trek in some ways 
gave me that or that's what I was drawn to, like a sense of structure or morality or the way that you should or shouldn't go about your life, right and wrong. I think it's interesting that the the line between right and wrong is so prevalent in Star Trek, whereas in Star Wars, it's a little more blurred. Or like, I can relate more to if I watch Star Wars, because I, I really liked Star, like I got into Star Wars when I was about 11. And I can, I really, 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 really clung to this idea that like, you could have bad and good in you and being like, oh, shit, you don't have to be so black. It's almost like the Harry Potter complex where it's just like. See, I disagree. I think Star Trek actually has more sort of the idea of gray. Really? Yeah. See, to me, Star Wars is cowboys and Indians. Interesting. You know? Although that would be the politically incorrect of, of course. Saying. Yeah. Well, how do we say that nowadays? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, to 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 for that analogy or the idea of cowboys and indigenous people. Or you just we wouldn't have that. I think we would maybe trump it with uh, <laughs> Trump and the rest of the world. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Speaking it's, of which. And and Star Trek was always kind of about like um, maybe the inner struggle. I mean, I guess Star Wars does touch on like having the dark side and you and the good side and what are we and what can we control but to me I do like Star Trek because you know a lot of the villains and I just did like the air quotes for those listening it's like what is your motivation like are you conflicted are you like why are you doing what you're doing and is there a reason like like you know it's like a man that steals like a loaf of bread is he bad or is he trying to feed his family like I feel like it lives in that kind of like world um, at its best until you introduce some villains like there's the Borg Sure. And there is the Cardassians. Yeah. Who are, they're, un, they're always, and like the, and like, it's like, who are they supposed to be? Who are the Borg supposed to be? It's a good question. Col- colonialists. Well, the, yeah. Well, the Cardassians are, I, I believe, like Nazis. Like they occupied Bajor and they right. basically put them in concentration camps. Okay. The Bajorans. So okay. it's like, that's kind of there. The Borg, you know, to me, the Borg just represent like, I guess really they take away the idea of individuality, which again is like a reflection on what makes us human, right? Mm-hmm. And if Borg strip all that in like sort of the pursuit of efficiency and um, perfection, it's like well, at what cost, you know? Like, Well, it's also interesting. As soon as you said that too, I thought, I'm like, oh my God, we're kind of turning into like a pseudo Borg universe in the terms of like the we collective. I just, I am very fascinating. <laughs> what can I tell you? Uh, <laughs> but like how all of a sudden now it's like instead of seeing like the we in terms of like capitalism and the quote unquote American dream, we're almost seeing it in the reverse angle of like people who are like, we all do yoga. We all meditate. We all, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, can I just be like a person? Like either way, you're kind of like, it's interesting. Sure. I mean, this is kind of like the new wellness movement is almost very like Borgish and it's like, well, and to be other is almost like, well, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Or like to even be like, I mean, did you watch Wild Wild Country? I watched the first two episodes. Oh, you're not Everyone says they love it, but I find it a little slow. Not it gonna is. lie. Uh, see, episode three is when it's just the pick fonts up. are a mess. Oh, the fonts I can't are read so shit. bad. Yeah. yeah, the Borg designed it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, people love these fonts. Yeah. Like, Who? Which people? <laughs> this cult. Okay. All right. I guess so. I always, I because I remember they had, what was the episode called where Picard becomes the Borg? Uh, the best of both worlds, right? So they screened those in the movies about three years ago. Yeah, Lakita Savord. Right. My friend Kiva and I went. Oh, really? Yeah, we did. Sweet. Well, we love. I wish we were buds. Then I would have gone with. I feel like we were meant to be friends. Can I just be <laughs> honest? I'm like, the more I get to know you, I'm like, oh, Mike's supposed to be my friend. This is so fun and great. Okay, cool. But I remember almost like not ad- not, and let me be very, very, very clear here. I don't admire the Borg, but I admire. <laughs> their intimidation and their adaptability because no one else is able to adapt as well as the Borg to anything. Sure. And you, it's almost like, well... Well, they're also culture vultures. They take the best of every civilization. Are we the Borg? 
Like, are Oof. we, like, are, is that the, like, is that getting too real for this podcast where I'm holding a small plant in the photo? Like, <laughs> there's bigger conversations too about what, like, if you're talking about us as a society or like even politics left and right, there's some interesting writing on, like the sort of people that like Star Trek, like whether they're like right wing or left wing. Mm-hmm. And it's like you would think people would lean left, but there's a lot of people on the right that really enjoy Star Trek. Yes. And they're the way they view it. This is almost like the satire uh, paradox. I don't know if you ever heard that Malcolm mm-hmm. Gladwell podcast. I bless his heart. I've never really loved that guy. He, he basically talks about how like some people can see um, Stephen Colbert and mm-hmm. they see him making like he's a satire mm-hmm. of conservatives. Right. And he's mm-hmm. making his guests feel uh, the liberal guests feel uncomfortable as like a ridiculous conservative. Mm-hmm. So liberals see that and they go, Stephen Colbert is really sending up those ridiculous, you know, Tucker Carlson types. Yes. Right wing people see it and they go, ah, look at him. He's really giving it to that liberal author that he's having on his show. It's like how Veep, uh, Republicans think it's about Democrats and Democrats think it's about Republicans exactly. or something like that. It's like they it's, see what they want to see and yeah. they take what they want from it. Yeah. So what are you really accomplishing at some point? Like, it's, at what point does like Tina Fey's Sarah Palin, like, is it, you're just going to see what you're going to want to see yeah, depending true. on your outlook well, I think or ideology. That's an interesting way of parlaying into a conversation about the way the series ended. So spoiler alert from 1994, if your time machine is queued up, you may want to go back right now. What did you think about the way the show ended? I loved it. Did you? I thought All All Good Things is like one of the best uh, finales of all time. That should have been the first movie, which was Generations. Yeah, I saw that. Kirk snuck his way into that that shit. William Shatner. Um, And also the the guy from Ferris Bueller Uh, as the captain. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, I remember being... Wait, wait, wait. What, where was this? Oh, was he... Uh, yeah, on the first ship. Yeah, you're right. The mm-hmm. uh, buddy from Ferris Bueller yeah. who messed up the car. Yeah. Yes, you're right. That's the ship that Kirk goes on. He's a fuck-up, I guess, because he's also a fuck-up in Twister, so... He totally... Playing well, a fuck-up. Always a fuck-up, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he should have been wearing the Detroit uh, Red Wings jersey on Me. the bridge of the uh, that ship well, he was captain. talking about sinking ships, I mean... <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, I loved All Good Things the way it ended. That The episode, I thought, was just like... It was awesome. Did you think that Crusher and Picard should have ended up together? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's kind of implied that they... Uh, Divorced, though. Well, you are you talking about in this alternate future in that yeah. episode? We'd have to go deep on the episode for the implications. So basically, like, they jump through three different uh, points in time in this finale, and Picard needs to put together this sort of, like, um, this mystery that Q sort of sets out for him in order to save humanity mm-hmm. is the, the plot. And in one of these futures, him and Beverly had been married and then now divorced, and she's the captain of a medical ship, and he's this senile old dude. Uh, in a vineyard. But at the end, they say that future is only one of many possible outcomes. I fucking hate that shit. It scares the shit out of me. Yeah, I know. I, we just like I butterfly think, effect, man. I hate it. Yeah, I think about the ending to that show all the time, and I don't even mean to. <laughs> I'm not like pops in sometimes. Yeah, like sometimes like, I'll <laughs> just be like, oh, it's just like the vineyard. Ah, the vineyard. <laughs> and the, the little people are in the vineyard. Remember, because they're part oh, of. Oh right, because they're part of Q's fantasy. That's right, part of Q's little tribunal. My mother loved Q. Those are her favorite episodes. He's pretty sexy. Yeah, I mean, now and he's very good. That actor John Delant, he's so good as Breaking Q. Bad. Also, he's That's very good right. as the very sad. Oh, oh my god, my stomach just turned. Yeah. <laughs> I got really upset there. Air traffic controller. Uh, his poor daughter. It's so many things. I'll have to have somebody come on and talk about Breaking Bad. I need to talk about that show in detail. <laughs> still, um, I found that like Q has always for me been. I don't want to say who I aspired to be. I think when I was a little kid, because there were so few female characters, I did not feel anything for Tashi R. And she also was probably like, go fuck yourselves. I'm out of here. She was. Yeah. Stupidly. Dumb, dumb choice. But then when it came to like Deanna, all she like her trait was like, I feel things. And I remember even being as a kid <laughs> being like, 
this person sucks. Like, who is this? Like, yeah. get your emotions out of here. No one has time for this. We have shit to do. And then Crusher, her only real development was like, I'm a doctor with a son named Wesley. And you got an argument with Crusher. The big joke was in the first few seasons, it was always like, there's some medical malady. And she's like, I don't know. Like, she never had the answer. <laughs> it's like, where are you what the from? What are you doing here? She's yeah, like, exactly. sorry, I just, I ran WebMD for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my credential. I'm just walking around in this big flowing blue uh, overcoat. Thing. But yeah. did you know in the episode where everybody starts getting sucked out of her, like, world? I Memory, she yeah. was pregnant during all of her stunts that she did herself. Really? I know. I did not know that. This is why I'm around people wow. telling them things there that they you go. do. Or, I'm, see, somebody finally cared. It only took like 18 years and here we are. <laughs> Thank God. And a deep dive on Star Trek TNG. A really TNG. deep dive. Yeah. On I it. hope we're not boring the shit out I of the listeners. I don't give a fuck. If you are, are you serious? If they've hit me, been with me this long, like we're in it to win it. Besides, right, I think we are probably annoying like t- real TNG fans. But Mike is a real, real fan. I just know a lot of stuff. I also like them. But stop. Don't analyze this episode. Okay, whatever. Did you find that, like, the way that the movies ended up, like, following TNG, because I feel like it's only natural to go into the movie realm, did that do service to the series, or do you think it hurt the series? Because I think they almost became caricatures. That's a good question. As we went on. I think there's one really good movie with First Contact. Oh, yeah, that was good. And then... I'm the Borg queen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she was pretty... I mean, and obviously the only individual within the Borg. What up? There you go. Follow me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, the other ones, Tom Hardy's in one of them. In which one? He plays the Picard clone in the <gasps> last one, Nemesis. That's like the hottest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's a thought. You're going to have to revisit that one. It's not very good. No, I don't want to watch it. And Data dies. I Well, that's okay. <laughs> I could take or leave yeah. Data even yeah. as a kid. You mean Data? You mean Data? <laughs> Pronounce your name right. Then I found, like, what do you think? I mean, we're straying a bit from the TNG talk, but I don't it's really right. care. Um, it's no, your I, pod. I know, I do. You do what the fuck you want. Exactly. You know what I say for the pod? Nothing. <laughs> Thought about all of this conversation. <laughs> One of the timelines was this. It's perfect. What do you think about the way Star Trek's being kind of, like, repackaged and remarketed now? Good question. I know. Uh, I I didn't think Discovery was great. I think that they're, like, listen, it's, like, the highest rated Star Trek ever, so it's very successful and... But I think they're getting away from ideas and, like, um, characters, and they're going more for, like, let's blow some shit up. Because that's, I guess, what they think people want, and it would seem they're right because the ratings are crazy and good. But I just don't—I think it's sloppy and not very good. I think it's like a a Star Trek cover song by someone that doesn't maybe understand the essence. For some Trekkers. Other Trekkers would say, hey, fuck, I love it, and it's great, and I'm just happy to have Star Trek in my life. And I watched it. I just remember thinking, like, "Mm." Yeah, I remember being a little bit, like, bummed out when they recast Khan. I love Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, are you talking about, okay, so the movies for the original, mm. uh, yeah, with uh, Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought one was good. The, the first J.J. Abrams one was mm-hmm. really good. I cried at the beginning. Oh, my God. That, that like, that first, like, ten minutes is a... Too many feelings happen. Whew. Too many. I was crying. I, we all were. Yeah. People are crying about it right now thinking about it. Honestly. Not just, they should. They should. But... Yeah, two was not very good. Two was okay. I think that the way that... I I think it's interesting the way that we've kind of started to brush TNG under the mainstream pop culture rug. Yeah. But I will say that it's being picked up in more like from like female literate sorry, female from females. Like I fucking <laughs> turned into war for a second. Jesus Christ. From Go like block. what's wrong with me? Like i my Alexander, come here. <laughs> um I, it's like been almost like embraced by like feminist cultural analysts and critical thinkers because it celebrates fluidity it celebrates like different lifestyles it's it progressive celebrates- man. it's very progressive Honestly, it's very progressive like 
they had a, an episode where Riker falls in love with like this androgynous being that, that is, is not male or female. I was about to say that, you actually. Know? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, the one failing, I think, of, of Star Trek in general up until this the latest Discovery um, series is they never had like a any LGBTQ characters whatsoever. And yeah. they've said that. And they've had, you know, it's a missed opportunity. But I mean, that episode alone coming out in like, you know, early 90s is like, that's those are big thoughts, you know, and, and uncomfortable probably for some people to watch. Yeah, I mean, especially because, like, then, then, and fuck it, look, people now Absolutely, probably also sure. would not have yeah, a yeah, yeah. great time with that. I mean, yeah, in some ways it was so progressive, and then in other ways it's like, God damn it, Deanna Troy, why did you only get a real uniform in, like, season four? I know. Five, six. Yeah. Like, well, because, yeah, I guess the producers or the, the bigwigs that were calling the shots were, were not the most progressive. They're like, we still need some skin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even though, like, listen, I could go on about the politics of that for a long time. But you know what I'll do instead? <laughs> I'm going to ask you rapid fire questions. Ooh, I love it. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Favorite TNG character? Picard. All right. Well, little why? Picard. I think Picard is the greatest captain of all of them in the Star Trek universe. I think he sort of just embodies integrity and thoughtfulness and... Uh, yeah, diplomacy in a way that, like, I think a lot of, like, characters on TV, like those lead sort of men, don't. I think he's, he's just, I think he's great. Character you hate the most. Ooh, man. Oh, man, that's tough. Okay, I don't hate any character. That's but nice. But when I'm re-watching or binging, I tend to skip Worf episodes. I know, wow. I know, I know. You're, I know you're a Michael Dorn fan. Did you know that in Star Trek VI, the lawyer... I think I told you this, who's defending um, McCoy and Shatner's character. Yes. Um, is supposed to be his grandfather. And played by Michael Dorn. And played by Michael Dorn. That's right. God. So I See, that movie, I, I'm obsessed with that movie. Christopher Plummer is a fucking Klingon. I know. Fuck. That's a really good movie. It's so good. Undiscovered Country. What if the Berlin Wall fell down in space? Yeah. My favorite things to talk about. <laughs> Walls and space. Read Anne's piece on it. It's yeah. great. Or get out of my face. One of those questions. <laughs> um, okay. Favorite couple you wish had happened on Star Trek? Oh, a couple I wish. Well, there's only a couple options. I know, uh, but get creative. Okay. Uh, let's say Jordy uh, and <laughs> this is a deep dive, but there's this like she appeared in two episodes where he fell in love with this woman that uh, had created the engine of the Enterprise and he needed to solve a problem. So he created her in the <gasps> holodeck. I remember this. He falls in love with her. Oh. And then eventually she comes onto the ship. Her name's Leia Brahms. And he's Leia like. Brahms. He's obsessed. He's like, oh, he's going to make it happen because he fell in love with her two seasons before. And she is not down. Not only that. Well, first she hates him. Right. And then she really starts to like him and they connect. And and then he's like, hey, if you'd like to. And she's like, I'm married. Ah! Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I so. love it. Whatever, Leia. He I doesn't know. need to know. <laughs> You're in outer space. You're in outer what space. What happens in space stays in space. I can promise you that if I were in outer space, I'd be like, I don't give a shit about who I am supposed to be married to. <laughs> I am out here with Riker. Look at the way he is sitting on that stool. Yeah. Oddly and strangely. And I'm here for it. Riker's well, sexy, right? He knows it too much. Uh, and he can't back it up. Becomes a turnoff. Yeah. Like he has swagger, but without like the swagger of like, he does. what does he bring to the party? Sure. Like if Worf rolled in and was like, fuck everyone, I'd be like, yes, 100%, let's do this. People find Worf sexy. He is sexy. I think Michael Dorn is. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I know a hot man is underneath that makeup. Do you think Picard is sexy? You know, yes. It was a big sell to get a, a bald man to be the lead on a network television now, show. Now, are you saying Picard or Patrick Stewart? I'm going to go with Picard. 
Okay, he's hot when he's not wearing his weird vacation clothes because I would like fully break up with a guy if he wore that. And then, yeah, I like the 80s idea of what vacation clothes would be in the 20s. I would call the police if a guy I was dating was like, let's go to the beach. I'd be like, right. you will be going to the beach and I will be going home on a plane. Goodbye. I love you so much. Um, I think he's hot when he is stoic and like driven between seasons like five and like, what was the last season? Seven? Was there seven yep, seasons? Yep, five it. and seven. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like that Picard. And he also shaved down like the horseshoe. Right. Like uh, of like, his hair. He got like, Jason Statham. A little bit. He didn't go he didn't go right down. Yeah, because Statham has a bit that's of That's right, like that's a right. little something. A little something. He's not Prince William anymore. And I think like Picard, like if you're if you're a male and you've gone bald, a lot of guys are insecure about that. You know, it's like Picard is like sort of a, 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 a an epitome of sexiness without having to have a full head of hair. I know. And I just watched Days of Futures Past last night and forgot how much I loved him as Professor X. Because I great. couldn't watch Logan. It was too he's sad. Great. The man's like a thespian. You know, he, he's I, always punching above his weight. He shouldn't be like out there in like a space show, a sci-fi show. He's better than 80s. all of us. Yes. He lifted the show with his acting and his presence. 100%. Otherwise, it would have been hokey as fuck. You got it. I know. Okay, what would you order? This is my last question because okay. it's a real one. It's really hard. Okay. What would you order from the replicator right now if you had an opportunity? Other than like, I'm assuming a glass of water because we've run out. <laughs> um, <laughs> what would I order from the replicator? You know, it's is my. this is kind of like uh, that question, like if you were on death row, it would be your last meal? Yeah, but this is like just a replicator. I don't know what's in it. You might get sick from the food. <laughs> I don't know. I would, my answer would probably be like a Big Mac, no pickle, oh. no onion, extra uh, Mac sauce. But... I'm, I don't eat meat anymore, so. You don't eat meat? I know. Why? Can I'm I ask? Since August. Uh, you know, I just, I decided to get off it. All right. I don't, I, you know, it's like I felt uncomfortable. I watched that movie Okja, Okja, which is like, I feel the lamest whenever I tell people that's why I stopped. But it just made me start thinking about it. That being said, I don't judge anybody that eats meat. Yeah, no, I know. I definitely care. eat my, like. Go for it. Steak and lobster on the reg. Because. People love it. I was fucking poor growing up. I can afford, like, not, a, not like I'm flush right now, but I can at least take myself out for a nice meal sometimes. Go for it. Exactly. Get it. I, I will. I also wear fur. So, I mean, <laughs> granted, it is vintage. It is vintage. Repeat, it is vintage. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't feel bad. Yeah. And I have a cat. Whatever. There you go. Mike, this has been the fucking best. Thanks for having me. Can you tell the internet where they can find you? Yeah. Oh, also, by the way, I would get a Big Mac in the replicator because they would replicate the meat. It actually wouldn't come from an animal. Okay, you... Th- I, You've got me down this thought train now. Uh, what do you want me to do? Tell people <laughs> tell where they people fight. To, I'm like, could you just go? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. We're done with the Star Trek, bro. Wow, you just really ruined this for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, story of my life. Yeah, you can find me at Mike on Much on Instagram and Twitter. Listen to our podcast. I do it with my friend Max. He's in that band, Arkells. I do it with my friend Shane. He's also a dude like me. And uh, yeah. Cool. He's very funny. So can they find listen. you on Instagram or Twitter or anything? Yeah, I just said that. Oh, you did say that. Yeah. Oh, Mike on Much. Oh, you have a personal account that be, that's private. Oh, I do. No, you can look at it at Mikey underscore V with yes. three E's. That's like, you know, me just watching basketball and sometimes I'll go home very drunk at night and I will throw on an episode of Star Trek Next Generation, like the drum head or inner light, and I will film it at like two in the morning and you can always tell that I'm very just I'm in my cups. Bless your heart. Yeah. Oh my god, this is That's was on the, the personal best. though. That was very that was very that was TMI. Okay. <laughs> anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys want to hit me up at nobodycarespodcast.ca you can tell me what you care about and nobody else does um, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Auntie Donahue alright well this is the end of this episode because that's how podcasting works okay cool I'll see you next week bye bye